0: Welcome to the Expert Series, brought to you by the Lupus Foundation of America. Our health education team is here to bring you experts in lupus to discuss topics to help you live better. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. My name is Melissa and I'll be your host. I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Ronald van Vollenhoven, who will be talking to us about remission. Dr. van Vollenhoven is chair of the Department of Rheumatology and Clinical Immunology, at the Amsterdam University Medical Center and director of the Amsterdam Rheumatology Center. His research interests focus on the development and systematic evaluation of biological and immunomodulatory treatments for rheumatic diseases. We're delighted to have you join us today, Dr. van Bolenhoven.
1: Great to be here.
0: Thank you. So let's get started and we'll jump right in. As I'm sure you can imagine, we get a lot of questions about remission and whether lupus can just go away once someone has been diagnosed. I think everyone with lupus hopes for remission, but as with so many other things related to lupus, there's a lot of uncertainty and unpredictability. So I'd like to start with the fundamentals by asking what is remission?
1: Well, so it turns out that people have slightly different ideas about what remission really is. It's sort of intuitive, But if you try to get your head around it, you might come up with slightly different versions. So for some people, a remission is a state where you are completely free of the disease and where you can basically forget about it, like being cured of the disease. But for others, that's not a useful way of thinking about it, because that would be almost impossible to achieve. So for many, a remission is when the disease is really under control and you don't have the symptoms. You're not experiencing the discomfort, but you are, in fact, still, you know, someone who might be getting a relapse or a flare and you might have to be taking some medications. So that's a big difference between the way people can think of it. And then for some people, it's very important that they have no symptoms at all. Whereas for others, it might be that it would be the symptoms that are directly related to the disease activity versus those that may be more indirect. So when we started looking at remission, it turned out that there were different ideas among different expert physicians, but also among patients. And there were quite a lot of differences of opinion.
0: So it sounds like there is a lot of uncertainty there. And I want to go back to one thing you said, that it might seem like the lupus is cured, but, but lupus the lupus wouldn't be cured if someone is in remission that doesn't mean they're cured correct
1: yeah so when we started having this international discussion with patients and experts from different medical specialties uh, we did try to narrow it down a bit and we said remission is not the same as a cure but it's also not just that you're feeling good you know it has to be it has to be more than just feeling good for the moment but it doesn't have to be a complete cure. So it's somewhere in the middle of those things. And we ended up with the definition that it's a state where the activity of the disease is completely under control and where you're experiencing no symptoms that are directly related to the activity of the disease. But you may have to deal with other symptoms. It may be that the disease has already caused some damage, which it, it cannot be taken away again. You know, And it may be that you have to take some medications to, to be in that state.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So is it based solely on symptoms that people experience, or um, are there tests that doctors can do? How can a doctor tell if someone is truly in remission?
1: I was mentioning symptoms, but of course, it's a complete picture. So it's the symptoms which the patient experiences, but it is also the signs of the disease which the physician can observe. Like a rash or a swollen joint, or something on a blood test, like a laboratory abnormality that indicates that something is awry. And those would all have to be okay for it to be a remission. So the remission assessment has to be based on a very comprehensive assessment and evaluation of the patient's status.
0: Interesting. So, so say someone does achieve this they you know their doctor agrees they're in remission and and they feel good how long can can this last i mean is it a temporary or can it last for some time well the question
1: that you're asking me is if there is a difference in a remission that is just for the moment or that it lasts for weeks or months or even years and of course that lasts um goal is what we really wish for that it is a, a remission mm-hmm. that can be sustained for a very long time or indefinitely but the definition of remission has to be just what it is right now because otherwise it would be sort of like a like a, like a snake that bites its own tail so you have to say what it is mm-hmm. that you want to achieve and then you can say okay but i'm going to try to achieve this for at least three months in a row or for at least a year and then see what it is that you, what steps you have to take to make that possible. But it is it is true that a, a remission which is only present for the moment and may be lost again very soon is not worth very much. I do agree with that. I just think the definition of a remission has to be something that you can apply the moment you assess the patient.
0: Okay, so from a clinical standpoint, a remission is you know any time. Even if it's only you know for that 24 hours, if it meets the the criteria, it doesn't have to be like you have no symptoms for three months or six months or anything like that.
1: Yes, but I want to emphasize that that is only because when you work on the definition, you have to be um, you know it has to be purposeful. And the the reason we're you know trying to get a clear definition of remission is also because then we are going to use it in various situations, including in Care. And in, in when you're we're trying to develop the treatment plan for an individual patient between the patient and her or his physician, then you have to set the goal. And of course, it could be that you say, "Okay, I would like to achieve a remission for the coming six months." But then you, the definition of remission doesn't have to include the six months. That's something that you already are adding on to it.
0: Oh, I see. I see. So, I also want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier about um, taking medications and saying that, you know that if you're in remission, then the lupus is completely under control, but that doesn't um, stop any uh, damage that might have already occurred that you take medications for. So does a person in remission need to keep taking lupus medications and seeing their rheumatologist, or um, is it not remission if you have to? Take your lupus-related medication.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, this touches very much on what your idea is. If you say remission, and it turns out, uh, as I mentioned already, people have different ideas. In general, in medicine, if you look also at other disease areas, people will accept that you can be in a remission, but you have to take medications to keep it that way. That is uh, how it is applied in areas like rheumatoid arthritis or arthritis or outside rheumatology in general medicine. So I do think it's okay to say that you can be in remission, but you still have to take medications to control the lupus. Now, first of all, you can say that it would, of course, be ideal if you didn't have to take medications to control the lupus. And, of course, we all realize that. It's just that remission is not the same as a cure, so we will accept a certain need for medications to achieve it and to keep it that way. The second thing is that it is not going to do to have just any kind of medications all the time, because especially with um, corticosteroids, we know that they can work very well, but of course, with long-term use especially, they cause side effects and uh, some devastating ones. If kept at too high dosages for too long, So. We say that for maintaining remission, there is sort of a cap on how much corticosteroids you are um, going to accept. And that's for remission is five milligrams a day.
0: Let's see. If someone is in remission, but maintaining their medications, um, are there other things that they can do to help them stay in remission? Are there things that people should do to, to stay in that state of having everything completely under control?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm not one to say that it's only medications that matter. There's a lot of other things. And I've, of course, um, most those of those who, who do live with lupus are aware of the role that sunlight exposure and exposure to other sources of um, ultraviolet light can can bring and that it is important to keep that in mind. There are also many things that we do not fully understand why generally healthy lifestyle will help for a lot of things. And this is hard because generally healthy lifestyle is probably a little different from the average lifestyle in Western and developed countries. Um, so it means moving more, if you know, uh, attention to what you're eating, and and things like that. How to deal with stress in life? Um, we all can learn, and I think I myself am not the exception. So we all can do these things better, and they do help. So I do think that everybody should also keep trying that. But then, yes, it will probably be necessary for many who are in remission to keep on taking some medications. And of course, what we do feel in the general area of lupus that anti-malarial medications, hydroxychloroquine, or plequenil are very important medications to maintain the remission. Other medications may be chosen because the experience teaches that in the individual patient, the remission is not going to be maintained without them. But of course, in the long term, we hope that even without medications, the person can be in remission.
0: That's really interesting. Um, So my next question then is, so we've talked about how to keep someone in remission. But those things that you mentioned about staying in remission, is that a way to help someone get to remission? Say someone whose lupus isn't under control, how can they increase their chances of of getting to remission?
1: Well, I think achieving a remission is, of course, the first goal when the person has an active lupus manifestation or, or multiple lupus manifestations. And uh, the armamentarium is still somewhat limited, but it is getting better. So for the immediate... Mm-hmm relief of symptoms and the immediate control of disease, we we usually do have to use corticosteroids because they work so fast and usually at higher dosages. But as I mentioned already earlier, that is not something that you can maintain for very long. Then there are the antimalarials, which are a very stable medication for the long-term use, but usually not so strong that they can avert a very significant lupus activity. And then there are the immunosuppressants, and there's quite a lot of them. Uh, from uh, previous former times, but also some new ones. And that also, also does include the biologicals. And there is now more approved biologicals than there were before. And I think that there will be more even in the future. And altogether, what we want to achieve is that the patient who has uh, experienced a very significant lupus activity, a flare, um, a very persistent uh, or, or sudden increase, that we will get them to be in remission quickly. But quickly in lupus is unfortunately not a matter of just days. It may take a few months or even longer, but we do want to use all the medications that I just mentioned in the right combinations, in the right sequence to get the patient in remission. And then the question is, what's the minimum that's needed to maintain the remission? And those are two different questions. So I think we are also very interested in using different approaches to define the actual treatment for getting the patient in remission, and then the maintenance treatment for keeping them there.
0: Okay, I see. Because the ultimate goal is to avoid the damage that then can't be reversed, right?
1: One of the treatment goals clearly is to prevent damage. And we know that lupus activity begets damage. So if you have a lot of arthritis with actually inflamed joints, uh, not just painful, but really the actual inflammation in the joint lining, the synovitis with the pain and swelling, it can actually lead to damage in the long run. Fortunately, it doesn't always do that. Uh, same thing, skin inflammation. It may cause scarring in the long run. Uh, inflammation in an organ, for example, in the kidney. If you let it just go, then it will lead to kidney damage. So there's um, in each of the different manifestations of lupus, there is the, the built-in risk that it will lead to damage. So treatment is not only for Uh, providing the patient with relief of symptoms, but also to try to avoid any of the damage if at all possible. Now, most studies show that we are able to prevent most damage by treating aggressively, but unfortunately not all. And there's always a balance between the risks of the treatment, which may also be there, and then the benefit, which is clearly the control of the disease and prevention of damage. Right. Yeah,
0: I think that's important to Talk about that that balance, and that's something that that doctors and patients work out between themselves, talking about preferences and goals.
1: Yes, and we obviously um, um, need to involve the patient in these discussions. For some, risk uh, risk is different than from others. So if some some people say that, well, I will accept that this medication can help me, but what are the possible side effects? And there's usually not so much a side effect that happens in all cases, but there is a risk for a side effect. So somebody may say that, well, mm-hmm. if I take this medication, what will what is the possible side effect? What's the, what's the risk? And the answer could be this may make you a little bit more susceptible, susceptible to infections. And for one person, that may be uh, you know, something that they accept and they can live with. And for another, it, it may be very scary and frightening. And in the patient-physician interaction, we need to explore what, uh, what the right balance is, and it's not the same for each patient.
0: So, as I said, at the beginning of this, we get a lot of questions about remission. And so I wanted to ask, is remission possible for everyone with lupus, or are there some people who might not ever achieve remission?
1: Oh, that's a difficult question. I would have to say that today with the treatments that are at our disposal it is possible to achieve remission in the majority of patients but not very quickly we cannot promise it in the short term it may it takes some time and it may take a long time in some individuals and there may be some who have either through um you know through bad fortune or because the disease has already been uh, you know that they've been dealing with the disease for a long time it may be that it's not possible to achieve remission. Now, that's not saying that we always make remission the goal of treatment in the short term, because like I said, sometimes remission is possible, but it takes a long time to achieve it. And sometimes we set the goal for the next few months, for example, a little bit more modestly. Like we would say low disease activity is also acceptable in the three-month frame. But for long term, I think remission should be the goal.
0: Okay, so yes, I'm going to take the good news out of that and say and repeat that for most people, um, some sort of remission should be possible. So it's important to keep working with your doctor and mm-hmm. you know um, keep taking the medications that you're prescribed and and to not give up on achieving that goal of feeling better. Would you say that? I that's, completely you, agree. You know, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So I like I like the good news that's in there. I do think that you know. It is very exciting, all of the new research and the, you know, new options that are are becoming available for people after so long of not having those new options. So it's definitely worth worth it to keep trying, even if it it takes a long time, um, you know, and it feels frustrating. So my, my last question um, for you is, you know, let's say that someone is in remission and then they feel like their lupus symptoms are beginning to reappear. You know, what, what should they do, and at what point should they take some action to, um, to to address that?
1: Well, I have great respect for for individuals who have lived with lupus for a long time, and they can usually tell me what it is that they should be alert for, because it's not the same for each individual. So I think some that have lived with this disease for many years can tell you exactly when they need to take action, because they've experienced it. And they would be able to tell me what they should be alert for. And it's not the same for each individual patient. I think that for some, it is a clear manifestation, such as a skin rash, which suddenly appears, swollen joints, a pain on the chest that is from pleurisy, where the pain is attached to the breathing. And for others, it may just be a general feeling, but they have experienced it before and they know this is a sign of a lupus flare. Of course, for those who have had this disease for a shorter time or may may have recently been diagnosed, that is not very helpful advice. And I would have to say that if you are unsure about whether your lupus may be acting up again, it is better to seek medical attention one times too often than to not seek attention when it is, in fact, a lupus flare.
0: Okay, I think that's good advice. So it's better to err on the side of caution and to contact your doctor. Rather than wait and see if it turns into something more serious.
1: Yes, I would have to say that, especially for those who have maybe been diagnosed recently, or whose whose course has been rather stormy and unpredictable. I think that's better to be safe than sorry. Of course, at some point, lupus tends to breed true. So, if you've lived with this disease for a number of years, you probably know your disease pretty well and you can uh, steer a little bit based on on your previous experiences.
0: Okay. That's great. Thank you. So that was my final question. And um, I want to thank you for um, offering us your your expertise and your time. And of course, thank you for everything that you've done for people with lupus. Um, Obviously, until there's a cure, um, I, you know, we hope that everyone uh, who has lupus is able to achieve remission or, uh, you know, low disease activity so that they can live a higher quality of life. So thank you, Dr. Van Vollenhoven, for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: We invite those of you listening to check out past episodes of the Expert Series by visiting lupus.org slash Series, where you can also subscribe to get alerts when podcasts are released. If you have any lupus related questions, please reach out to the health education specialists by email at lupus.org/healtheducator or by phone at 1-800-558-0121. We'd love to hear from you. If there's a topic that you'd like to see covered in the expert series, please email us at info@lupus.org. At Thank you for joining us and farewell until next time.